Today, my dear faithful, is the second Sunday of Lent. Now the epistle is taken from St. Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 4. <clears throat> Brethren, we pray and beseech you in the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so also you would walk, that you may abound the more. For you know that what precepts I have given to you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles that know not God, and that no man overreach nor circumvent his brother in business, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things, as we have told you before and have testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto sanctification in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Holy Gospel taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 17. <clears throat> At that time, Jesus taketh unto him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his garments became white as snow. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then Peter answering said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. And as he was yet speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and lo, a voice out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And the disciples, hearing, fell upon their face, and were very much afraid. And Jesus came and touched them, and said to them, Arise, and fear not. And they, lifting up their eyes, saw no one but only Jesus. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, till the Son of Man be risen from the dead. And thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Jesus came and touched them and said to them, Arise and fear not. And they, lifting up their eyes, saw no one but only Jesus. Words taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Baltimore, my dear faithful, there is a famous statue of our Lord. The statue of Christ stands in the middle of the main lobby of the John Hopkins Hospital. This statue is the first sight patients have as they enter that hospital. As they walk or are wheeled in, they see a massive white figure of a powerful and well-built man. At his feet are the words, Come unto me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. His hands are stretched out at his sides, inviting all to come to him. As they draw near, then they see the face of the statue, and that is what really shows the meaning of those words. The face of Christ is full of tender patience, of sympathy, and of the desire to love and be loved. The hundreds of sick that walk underneath his gaze find hope and comfort in that compassionate face of the God-man. 
It has even been said that no one could look on this beautiful statue without being moved. However, one day, a certain cynic, or a doubter, went to the hospital to see the statue of our Lord that he had heard so much about. This young man walked into the hospital lobby. He stood before the statue, then walked to the left side, and then to the right. Around and around he walked, examining it from almost every angle, but a look of disappointment became evident on his face. Finally, after taking some time in studying the statue, the doubter started to walk away. He was probably thinking something like, what makes this statue so special, so famous? It looks exactly like all the others, just a heap of carved stone. He was just about to pull the door open to leave when he heard the patter of little feet and the voice of a child call out, Oh, mister, you can't see Jesus that way. Surprised, the young man turned his head to find a little girl beside him, her face furrowed in concern. You have to get very close to him, she said, with great earnestness. Then kneel down and look up. The little girl's hand then reached out and took hold of the young man's. She then pulled him back inside, right up to the foot of the statue. See, she said, like this. Then she dropped to her knees and then looked up into the face of the statue. Then the little girl, amidst the busy hospital lobby, she turned to the young man, watching him expectantly. With something between a smile and an uncertain gaping open mouth, the doubting man listened to the girl and felt himself obliged to do as he was told. He knelt down next to her and bent his neck back as he looked upward. And then, finally, he saw it. What his close examination had missed, the face of our Lord looking lovingly down upon him. Some few minutes later, when the girl's mother returned to the lobby from visiting friends in the hospital, she found her daughter kneeling beside some strange man, but both looking up lovingly into the face of the God-man. This is a simple story, my dear faithful, and yet it is an incredible one. This man who was a cynical doubter now knelt at the feet of Christ, looking lovingly upon our Savior. He had learned the message that the sick and suffering who found comfort looking upon this statue had known, the lesson of the almighty God-man who watches over them and allows only what is for the greater good as long as we make good use of it. It is much the same lesson Christ wanted to teach Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Tabor as in today's Gospel. On Mount Tabor, these three apostles beheld our Lord gloriously transfigured. Our Savior's face and hands glowed with a brilliant light, a light brighter than the sun. 
Even Christ's clothes were transformed, for they became brilliantly white, whiter than snow, so white that nothing on earth can compare to that magnificence. Before this ravishing sight, the apostles fell flat on their faces. The glory of Christ wept over them, and they humbly bowed before our Lord in adoration. They recognized two men who stood on either side of Christ. One was Moses, the lawgiver of the Old Testament, and the other was Elias, the greatest of the prophets. Amidst this glory, however, were the two most renowned saints of the Old Testament, as another gospel tells us, our Lord spoke of his approaching death. The apostles heard this conversation, but it seems not to have sunk in. Then a powerful voice sounded from on high and resounded around them. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. At this sound, the apostles covered their faces in fear and trepidation. But just as suddenly, the vo- as the voice had come, All was now silence. Finally, they heard the crunch of sandaled feet walking toward them, then felt a hand upon their shoulders. They looked up and, as the gospel says, saw no one but only Jesus. Our Lord's calm voice told them, Arise and fear not. In those two last words our Lord spoke, fear not. He told the apostles the whole purpose of this vision of glory. Our Lord's transfiguration of glory before Peter, James, and John was given to them to prepare these same three apostles for the agony in the garden. In the garden of Gethsemane atop the Mount of Olives, these same three, were called apart from the rest of the apostles. They alone were witnesses of the God-man crushed with fear, with sorrow, with anguish. They would see Christ laid low, brought down to his knees, and even sweat blood and cry out in agony, My Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. To prepare them for the sight of such weakness, our Lord showed them his resplendent glory. Fear not, our Savior told them, as if to say, fear not my passion. Fear not the cross that I choose for myself. That is why in the midst of his beautiful transfiguration, our Lord spoke only of his death to Moses and Elias. He showed that this agony and death was exactly what he chose. In his awesome power, our Lord longed for that death, for it would bring about such a great good, our redemption. Of course, our Redeemer did not need to ascend the cross to save mankind. By shedding a single drop of his most precious blood, Jesus Christ could have redeemed the entire human race. One pinprick 
and the gates of heaven would be opened and mankind restored to grace. But our Lord chose a different way. He chose the way of the cross to show to men his infinite love for them. He longed to shed not just one, but every drop of his most precious blood to save mankind, to show that that is how much he loves each and every man, so that man will make to him a return of love. That is much the same lesson that the statue of our Savior would teach in the John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. The sick and suffering could see the Savior who was watching over them with patience, with compassion, with love. They would be reminded of the all-loving God who suffered and died on the cross for love of them and allows them to have their own cross to carry for love of Him. The souls who took this message to heart would then have comfort trusting in their Savior. Fear not, our Lord would say to them, come to me and I will refresh you. We are also, my dear faithful, to learn and live that same lesson and make a return to our Lord, especially during this Lenten season. Every day we have a cross to carry and we are to bear it for love of our God. Temptations to sin, sufferings, annoyances, these are the crosses we carry for Christ but to imitate our Lord even more fully. Holy Mother of the Church gives us the season of Lent to choose some particular sacrifices to offer to him, just as Jesus Christ chose the cross to offer for us. And so, my dear faithful, choose something to give up or something to do better for love of God. If you have not already, make or renew your Lenten resolution and strive to carry your cross for Christ. If you fail in it or you forget, then renew it and start again. When you find it difficult, just think of our Lord on the cross. That is the agony he longed to suffer to show you his love for you. Can you really not bear this little thing in comparison to what he suffered? Can you not bear it for him who suffered so much for you? Make and follow through with your Lenten resolutions, my dear faithful. Look to the infinite God who is your Savior, who has such a love for you. Carry your cross for Christ. Make a return of love to him. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.